Penny Vandersloos. I'm host of this podcast series, Shine, Love and Light On and founder of Always In Your Corner and Discover Your Wild. And today I'm introducing a topic that we rarely talk about and it's our womanly cycles and menopause. So sit back, watch and listen and um, just ignore a couple of background noises from my family. Hello and welcome to Shine, Love and Light On. And today I'm here with Barbara Fitzpatrick Haddy. And we're talking about um, the transition to menopause, our womanly cycles, and really exploring what it is that we can be doing to shed some light and love on this area that's so important in women's lives. Thank you for joining me, Barb. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really, really excited to talk about this because it's an area that's becoming more and more close to my heart and my uterus. Um, <laughs> so Tell I me about it's a, why it's so important to you. I think it's that power of acknowledging what's happening in your body and, and being curious about, okay, there's things happening with my hormones. What does that look like? What can I do to support myself? And I think power is knowledge when we understand when we have we can connect with our also with our wisdom and intuition of understanding okay what do i need to do for myself and my self-care so yeah that's you know i'm ready to delve in so women's an empowerment perfect place <laughs> um but it's certainly something i think women often wait to a certain point in their life and then it becomes of interest because they're going through it or someone they know yes. is going through it. So I guess yep. part of this conversation is can we expand it? So even if this isn't as a listener, something that you're about to go through or you've already been through menopause or you kind of feel like, you know, I'd yes. invite you yes. to just keep an open mind, see what we can kind of uncover for you. There might be just a different way to look at it that opens up something for you. So Barb, tell us a little bit about, out of your background and what it is that sort of, yeah, has driven this interest for you. Okay. So I think with anything that we have an interest in, it comes from our own experiences. Mm -hmm. It comes from us asking a question. So a little bit of my backstory. So when I um, started the journey to become a yoga teacher and did my original teacher training several years ago now, um, it was, you know, year long training and, Every month, one, one weekend a month, we met to do our training full on. And can you guess what I had every single time of that month? Um, My period. period. <laughs> and it was day one and two, like clockwork, and it was, it was heavy. It was getting heavier. But that didn't stop the training. It was like, no, no, you still have to do dynamic uh, poses and inversions and, you know, from shoulder stands to halasana and you know core engaging and I was like actually I just want to be in corpse pose and with a wheat bag that's how mm. I was feeling so that kind of got me curious about when I finished those studies I was like well actually is there a style of yoga that really nurtures my body nurtures my cycle not just for the time of bleeding but my whole cycle so I got really curious about that and also about okay down the track how is my yoga practice going to support me when I enter perimenopause, menopause? So, so that, that was a question. And I think I just wanted to understand the biochemistry of my hormones as well, because, you know, we don't really think about it, we don't talk. Uh, except when we get our period or the times, you know, in our twenties, not getting pregnant. And then when we want to get pregnant, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think about that's our relationship. Really and then yeah. that's, you know, it's a bit of an inconvenience. Of, 
Exactly. Yeah. It's a bit of inconvenience. So then I noticed, so then I was looking and I was thinking, okay, and looking at, okay, where could I do, who does these trainings? And I thought I'd have to go overseas. And then I found my teacher in Byron Bay and a Davis of Bliss baby. I'll come to that a bit later. But, you know, at the time of, and then I'm looking at these studies embarking, I noticed my, my cycle changed completely. It got heavier. It was going on for 10 days and I was exhausted. And I was thinking, this isn't right. So, of course, went down the line of, okay, go to my GP, have a blood test, have the internal ultrasound to see what's going on. And then, of course, it was revealed I had um, uterine polyps. And then it was, okay, we'll refer you on to a gynecologist. And it was, of course, about a gynecologist. And he says, well, we're just going to get you in and remove them. And there was kind of no investigation of, okay, what's what happening with my hormones? Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, we can just fix this. And then while I'm there, we'll just insert an IUS and that will fix everything with heavy bleed. And I kind of at the point went, you know, I'd gone through the process of doing my studies in women's yoga and I kind of went, hang on, I'm a yoga teacher who specialises in women's health and hormonal health and fertility and healthy menstruation and perimenopause. menopause. And I thought, hang on a minute, okay, I actually would like my body to heal first and then see maybe other therapies that might help. You know, I was kind of like, no, I actually want to understand my body a bit better. So and awesome you had that kind of <laughs> ability to lean on your intuition and your trusting that your body yeah, in a I better way yeah and i think that comes with it actually going i know there's something not quite right and i'm not not that i'm saying you don't go down that avenue of seeking care when you really need it of western medicine but have that little curiosity of like actually i i want to know my body better so really it is about you know gaining that knowledge um to understand your body a bit better whether it's you know books are great mentors or seeing a GP um, or, you know, a GP that really focuses on women's health is, is a key as well. Yeah. So I guess there's a couple of things that come to mind, yeah. but why do you think it is we're not taught or encouraged to talk about this topic? Like why is it sort of something that's you just get through, you kind of numb out with some medication or, you know, as, as so yeah. much of, um, you know, hormone replacement therapies or whatever it is. Like we just, and we're not even taught about it really other than at some point in their life you'll go through a stage and your periods yeah. will end and that's it. And it's not really, yeah, yeah. no one really knows yeah. what that's about. Except that maybe you feel a bit barren and dried up and old <laughs> and <laughs> you're used by it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's you look at that change of when Western medicine really stepped into, okay, we just had these fixes and that's it, as opposed to, you know, maybe where there was the healers of the midwife and the, you know, that sort of like we can heal through herbs or, you know, like I think it's, we, it's just the power was taken away from women perhaps. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know when did it happen, when with the onset of Christianity a bit more or intervention by medicine but i think it's and it's also i think what's important is the way in which we are in this world as women we're we're told we should be linear but we're not we're cyclic so we should honor our cycles and the end and flow of our cycles to actually work with them there's a great great book that um you know still being when you're in your you know Perimenopause is sort of your 40s, but we experience changes in our cycle from mid-30s. 
for the pre-menopause. So, you know, you look at that time, you're busy, you've got a career, you're raising your family, you might not notice those changes. Um, so I think actually being empowered to understand your cycle is really important. There's a great book by uh, Miranda Gray called The Optimised Woman. And it's, I'll just read it, I've got it here. It's a long title. And we might uh, put that in the notes. So people I, can, I will definitely yeah. um, have a yeah. lot of uh, recommended books because oh, they're on my tours as well. So it's using your menstrual cycle to achieve success and um, fulfillment. So it's really understanding what your cycle does, what is the, the changes in your hormones, because it's a dance. Every month it's a dance of the hormones. And it all starts in our brain. Um, with the pineal gland, which is light sensitive, it will inform another part of the brain, the hypothalamus, to say, okay, it's time to start producing the female reproductive hormones and mm -hmm. it will tell another gland, the pituitary gland, okay, you've got the two hormones to produce, the precursors. Um, the FSH and LH, um, the FSH is estrogen and the FH is pedestrian. And those play a role in our cycle you know you think of a dance they do a bit of a you know a waltz together where one is more dominant at one point and one is not and then it all comes down to you know in our mid-cycle when we ovulate that there's a surge in those hormones but then when there's no fertilizer and that will inform the ovary to release the egg and then of course mm. the uterus is all prepared for it and then when there's no fertilized egg there then there's a drop in those hormones and the follicle surrounding what would have been the egg is broken down and that is reabsorbed in the body as progesterone. Wow. And so that is kind of, that's an interesting to keep in the back of the mind when we are approaching perimenopause because our hormones do shift and change. It really is the start of the gear change in our hormones. So I think the, what to take away from this is be curious about your hormones because we don't look at it. We don't really, we're not taught. It's not really. We don't even know how to measure it. Like you get a thermometer and that'll measure yeah. your temperature. And I don't know, you can see stuff on your skin, but you can't, yeah. we're not, we're not given any indicator other than you kind of hear about testosterone and boys and that's about it really. Yeah. Like we don't yeah. really know an estrogen. You kind of know as a female thing, but yeah. not much about it and yeah. what it does for us. Yeah. Well, if we look at it as our cycle, say, you know, and everyone's cycle is different, but there's just this 28 days is pulled as this is, okay, let's just look at it as that. Example, yeah. um, but what another lovely way to look at it is that we are like in cycle with the moon. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we have the dark moon, which is menstruation, the full moon, which is ovulation. And in between you've got the waxing and waning. So it's a really lovely way to look at our cycle representing that shift. And I think just understanding where your hormones are at. It's constantly changing. It's constantly it's, yeah. changing. And it's not just, oh, this is just what happens. There's other hormones that affect our reproductive hormones. So stress is a biggie. When we are stressed, the body is so clever in converting the precursor reproductive hormones and stealing them to make cortisol. Wow. So that will then affect our hormones. And Really, when we approach, I know we're getting off, but um, th this book I've talked about is brilliant. And I think really important if you have daughters, be educated yourself so you can pass on knowledge to them about their cycles. So That's definitely one have, of the reasons I think it's so important yeah. that women, so even those you're like, I've been through this or I'm not that interested, if you can be interested for those other women in your life and yeah. the younger ones particularly, 
wow, if we'd known all this stuff, what that have opened up. Yeah. So this book uh, written by Miranda Grace, she really looks, so she links it kind of with the moon cycles, but looks at, okay, let's look at the four parts of your cycle and work with them. So when we're in that, the menstruation part, we're, we're going inwards. So kind of like the child pose in yoga, we're, we're quieter. We want to take energy inwards and we want to nurture ourselves. And then at different parts of the cycle, the, um, the pre-ovulation stage, that's when we've got a little more energy and, you know, uh, we're creative and, you know, other parts, you know, it's all linked. It's all mm. when you look at, okay, let's work with our cycles to actually realise during, you know, pre-ovulation, we, you know, we've got that little uplift in energy. We feel attractive. We feel social. And then the pre-menstrual stage is, I, I liken it to, to when you're pregnant and you, your baby's going to come and it's that nesting where you, you want, you've got this energy to get things done because yeah. you know, actually, I'll There's an to, end in sight almost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I think if, if we understand our cycles at any age or when we start to our first, you know, when I look at my experience, um, I was like, I actually want my daughter to be more informed and actually understand it and celebrate, almost celebrate it. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, this is sort of one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it so much is because there's this idea that you get kind of washed up and used by and stuff and, and equally the women who are beginning these cycles to celebrate and not be like oh now you've got this inconvenience you've got to like live through and you won't be able to do anything now because bleeding and horror horrors yeah yeah yeah. so when i did the studies in byron bay with anna davis in women's health and yoga we we actually taught obviously a lot of it was all women during the course all women obviously um and we did talk about and women of different ages and we all kind of talked about what was our experience when we, our bodies were changing, you know, when leading up to our first bleed and how would we have liked that to have looked. And quite a lot of the stories was it was just, there was nothing. We weren't told anything or it was just through friends we heard about it and there was no celebration. There was no, you know, this is a rite of passage where if we look at the red tent concept of, women joining and, and, you know, at various ages of, you know, and the times of their cycle, but particularly in the bleeding times. And so I thought, what am I going to do for my daughter? Like I, it was a question of, and so I did, I put together a beautiful box and I bought her ruby earrings and I bought her a beautiful blanket and a wheat oh. bag. And, and it was just this celebration of this is your care package. And I think that sets the tone of, as women, we need to get back to radical self-care. And, and I think these times of COVID are really highlighting it because mental health is a biggie. Um, and we know when, when we are going through moments of anxiety and stress, it really affects our hormones. Our hormones go out of whack and our body's trying to recapitulate. So it steals away from, yes, the normal cycle of our reproductive hormones. So beautiful. And thank you for sharing that idea because <laughs> I think... Um, it's, a, it's one I've heard that you sometimes kind of put on the back burner, I'll do that for my daughter another time. But imagine yeah. if we could all gift daughters or um, nieces or neighbours, whoever, um, yeah. Yeah. access to a really beautiful kind of celebration of this time of their life. And so mm-hmm. it becomes mm-hmm. like 
an entering of initiating into womanhood instead of a yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of your burden. Yeah. I really felt like we were almost like, why did women get all the shit stuff? Like we, <laughs> we have to have babies and we have to bleed and stuff instead yeah, of like, yeah. wow, we're actually the most powerful humans mm. because of this ability to create and that yeah. it's constantly being reminded in this cycle that that's there. So I guess given now we, we're looking perhaps at the other end of the cycle and for mm-hmm. women who have, are going through this change and almost feeling some dread or yep. disappointment yep. that, you know, maybe they couldn't have children and now they're going through this phase of their life and that's, that door has closed or, yep. you know, all sorts of reasons can bring on um, these changes in hormones, medical treatments and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, why... Maybe you could first up talk about what is perimenopause or what are those sort of major kind of changes sure. that are starting well before we even really realise it. Yeah, yeah. So let's look at it as um, premenopause. So premenopause is that time from mid-20s leading up to your 50s. And perimenopause is kind of that time around menopause, but it can be two years before. It could be, it could be more than that. as well and everything you know maybe also be look at your and it's funny our mum's generation she my mum never talked about it we just knew she was going through the change (laughs) and she had hot flushes and to stay away from her at times (laughs) well that's probably the most common one the hot flush that you'll hear about but we don't really know what that means and why and yeah so that that's why it's important to get curious and understand your hormones and understand your hormonal health and as we transition, so, you know, it's that shift, as I said, that hormonal shift in gears where the body is no longer, the focus is not making babies. It's that changing gears um, where there's a drop in um, estrogen and progesterone um, because there's that shift. It's like, okay, we're not, we not, might not be as we enter those years, um, especially in perimenopause, where we, we're not ovulating every month. Uh, and then, of course, with menopause, we, we stop. You know, it's with basically it's from that point of from our last period, a good year, then you're in menopause. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's a significant kind of time. Yeah. 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 So be informed maybe by, you know, ask your mother the question. She might never have wanted to talk to you about it. But it's actually empowering to hear other women's stories of what their experiences has been. So let's look and at just the, quickly on the mother one, is it yeah. likely that you will have a similar age to your mother? Is that yeah. a thing? Yeah. 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 But then that said, like uh, with women going down the line of uh, with menstrual issues and with the onset of perimenopause, that they, their symptoms or what their experiences are could be, you know, they could have um, fibroids and a whole array of other issues going on that basically their gynecologist will say, okay, the answer is a full hysterectomy, but we'll keep your ovaries. You know, that is what, does happen um and from then you're then on hormone replacement therapy because having a full hysterectomy you're straight into menopause so it's kind of like your body hasn't had that preparation of like you know going down that hill it's wham you're into it and it's same thing with women who go through uh, cancer and have treatments um chemotherapy that um yes then they're in menopause as well so because of the the actual drugs 
a ton uh, of overpowering your yeah and affect them yeah affect the cycle and then they become they they got enters into menopause um so let's look at the symptoms so okay we're in our 40s and you might start to notice the symptoms um and because at that time in life we're really we're still really busy with careers with growing you know our families are growing up but there's still other responsibilities and also you could have aging parents added in on that mix as well and your lifestyle is so busy that you just don't even realize suddenly the symptoms are becoming even more so so with the hormonal you know changes um the symptoms can become more increased especially um but once again it comes down to yes getting your blood works done to understand it but some of the symptoms will jump into it so these are just a few. Um, don't be alarmed. <laughs> Not everyone gets them and everyone's body um, is unique. Their lifestyles are unique to them. Um, but here are a few. So increase symptoms of PMS. Um, your bleeding might change. It could become heavier, which was my experience. It can become lighter or it becomes, starts to become irregular. Brain fog, um, you're feeling exhausted, fatigued, mild anxiety headaches and migraines especially around your period when if you're still um, having a period um, and during it and that relates to uh, a drop in pedestrian levels as well as well as hot flushes and night sweats relate to pedestrian levels also at the same time estrogen can be a factor too whether it's deficient or whether it's dominant at that time uh, mood swings and moodiness so you can feel like you're going through puberty all over again but with the added symptoms disrupted sleep so would you get pimples and things like that some women some women can yeah and a lot of hormonal around this area is the hormones yeah around the chin area Mm. um disruptive sleep weight gain breast swelling lumpy breasts and then fluid retention so there's some of that (laughs) doesn't it but it's gradual it's not like all at once you might within a two year period start to notice them even more. But what I like in perimenopause is the canary in the coal mine because it's a shining a light on you and your lifestyle. And if you are so busy in every other area of your life that you give 100% to everything else and you've got nothing in the tank for your own, I call it radical self-care and for rest and exercise and looking, nurturing you, then those symptoms are going to be even more so. Yeah, because I think that's interesting, isn't it? It's almost like our body knows how to do this in a beautiful, natural kind of ease your body into it kind of way. But then because we kind of mask it, mask it, mask it, and then it has to kind of do something radical for you, you (laughs) draw attention to it, like get you really, really grumpy and really, really hot and really, really everything. Yeah. Yeah. that's when you'll notice it. So it's almost like, too, if the symptoms are so extreme, that might be an indicator that mm-hmm. something's not not yeah. as it your body really wants to be. Something's yeah. kind of alarming it somehow and, mm-hmm. and get interested in what that might be. Yeah, and it's also, you know, look at when we, are, we if you've got children you become pregnant. Do we criticise our body during that time? We, we're loving that roundness. You know, there's stages of it that, you know, morning sickness and all that, and, you know, our body's changing, but we're in awe of the roundness of our belly, in awe of that we're growing this beautiful being, and there's this happiness. Yet, 
you know, when we're transitioning towards menopause, it, you know, there's this real kind of, oh, you know. Disappointment and, almost, isn't it? It's sort of like, oh. But I think that's where it needs to be a change in actually, in traditional Chinese medicine, um, the coming of menopause is referred to as a woman's new spring. So that the body is no longer focused yeah. on making a baby and that nurturing. It's like we're reaching wanting to become the wild woman again and return to the forest where women, that realisation that actually you have more energy once you, you get through those years. And that's where women really can step in. And you see it with older women. Um, they step into their creativity, their activism, their passion, because they've got something else they're growing. Mm-hmm. So I think if we view it that actually we just, we follow the flow. Instead and- of sort of putting our energy into creating a space to bring new birth to a, another human, what about putting all that energy into creating something creative yeah. for ourselves or our other yeah. aspects to our life? Or yeah. our community or our planet. You know, I, I think it's that realising that every month, we, we as women, when we're in cycle, we are the creators of life and death. And even, and there is a theory that even when women enter into menopause, even though you don't have a period anymore, you can still honour your cycle by cycling with the moon and treating the, the dark moon part, which is the new moon, as your time of menstruation and have that time to rest. So This just, is quite transformative, isn't it? Because so much of our life is driven by a calendar which is very linear and it's really only a day cycle maybe a month cycle that you might occasionally use but it's driven by exterior factors and this is really inviting us to look at could we start to introduce some patterns into our lives which encourages us to rest for four or Mm -hmm. five days a month and then there's four or five days where we plan where possible to be a bit more yes. outgoing and creative and expressive and stuff and, yeah. and honour those times. Yeah, yeah. So it's really about the principle of the red tent of in, you know, thousands of years ago when women had the red tent where they would go and, and sit and bleed for a few days, you know, there might be four days within there, but the other women in the community, perhaps girls who were, hadn't, had not entered the age of uh, menstruating, but women who'd already were in menopause would look after those women and would nurture them, would cook for them, would go and massage their feet. And so it's that, yes, how can we create, even when we're still in cycle before going to menopause, what can we do for self that's really nurturing, that we feel like we're, we have those times of being in our own red tent? Where we actually say to the outside world, no, and we ask other people in our lives to step up and do things for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I find before I, you know, come into my cycle of my bleed, it's a, it's like that nesting thing again. I feel like okay, I'm going to cook really yummy food for myself, <laughs> and I'm going to have those soups and things that are that are really nurturing. And I find now that I will say to my husband, actually, my period's due, and I actually am going to go and rest. I'm going to bed early. You take over. Because you're here all the time anyway under yeah. COVID. <laughs> Especially now. Yeah. 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 So I wanted to kind of talk also about what, what, to, what are the things I have found useful now that I'm in my mid-40s and I'm noticing the symptoms of perimenopause. 
Okay. Perfect. And to say, I'm not a doctor. I'm, you know, obviously have to say no, that. No, but this is definitely yeah. our experience and, yeah. and but, the openness with which you're sharing yeah. them can open something else yes. for someone. Yeah. And it's also, you know, this is what things that I have found helpful and, you know, it's once again passing on that knowledge of mm. have a look at this. Will this work for you? So once again... And can I also I'm, add in yeah, there sure. too? Because yeah. even if this is something you've been through or it's not as relevant to you right in your time of life. There might be another woman in your life who is going through this and it could be a friend or a a sister or an aunt or something like that. So there's women or people you're working with, like colleagues, like some empathy and understanding could take us all to a whole new level, couldn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So the biggie, your lifestyle. As I said before, perimenopause is the canary in the coal mine. And look at your lifestyle. What are you doing that you have that is... And we, look, we are busy. And I mean, after COVID, not so much. We don't have all the you know, running around in the car with the kids all the time now. But your lifestyle is a biggie. And it's that time to actually reflect and go, actually, what am I giving all my energy to when really I, I can use the power of no? Because quite often as women, we say yes to everything because we're told you can do everything. You can have a career, you can have kids. But that comes at a cost if you don't have a lot of support. Anyway, so lifestyle's one. The other is our stress levels. So as I said before, stress is a biggie with our reproductive, all our hormones, but particularly with our reproductive hormones because the body is so clever in, you know, stealing a precursor reproductive hormone and turning it into cortisol, in particular, the stress, main stress hormone. So then that investigation of looking also at your other organs and how they support your other glands. So the adrenal glands, uh, which sit on top of your kidneys, are the ones that produce cortisol. So if they're pumping out a lot of stress hormones and you're going through that shift and change where your estrogen levels are dropping and your progesterone levels are dropping and there's not that reabsorption of that additional progesterone, um, during that transition, the adrenal glands will also um, step up in a way to, to produce estrogen. But if they're exhausted, then they're like too busy trying to keep up with cortisol levels. So just consider also you might investigate, okay, I'm really exhausted. Could it be, could my other glands be impacted by it as well? Mm -hmm. So that's another one. And diet and exercise is is a biggie. Um, And we all know that. We all know we should be eating better. (laughs) It's a good time to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And at the moment, sure, I'm making far too many desserts, but hey, that's just what my... (laughs) It's just a little COVID. Um, also, Biggie, as I said before, you get a really good GP who specialises in women's health. So when you're finding that shift and changes and, and the symptoms, go and see that GP who is, will let you be curious um, and who will you know, do a blood test to look at your hormone level, might also do the saliva test, which uh, is done. So is the blood test the only way to really know what's going on with your hormones? Or um, like are we... Yeah, what, what are our options? Well, with blood tests, you know, you've got to think our hormones change, okay, every month with our reproductive, but every day our hormones are changing to, you know, with what we're experiencing internally and externally. So the blood test will reveal if they look at the particular, like whether they're testing for your estrogen levels and progesterone levels, um, whether it's thyroid, whether it's adrenal, uh, cortisol levels as well. So, um, 
yes, they will be they will be informed as well. Um, the other test is the saliva test, which is taken mid cycle, and I've done that because when my cycle started to go a little crazy, um, I also started seeing a traditional Chinese medicine doctor who specialises in women's health, and I was like, this is just, and I was like, I'm having bleeding, and I'm. Uh, and she's like, let's get this tested. We'll get you to have the saliva test. And that revealed, yes, there, were, there was stuff going on with my estrogen levels, but what was the indicator was that there was something happening with my adrenal glands. My adrenal glands were e exhausted. And what was interesting about this saliva test, what it revealed, um, is that my, and this is what I've had to work on with my adrenal glands and be really kind to them, was when you wake up in the morning, your reading of um, cortisol to wake up should be around 25, a level of 25. Mine was four and it would be like that and plateau throughout the day. And it was like when I went and saw my traditional Chinese medicine with the results and I said, oh, is this just family stress and stuff was happening with aging parents and da, 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 da. And she said, no, for your adrenal glands to get to this point, this is years and years and years and years. And that kind of was like, okay, I've been pushing myself too hard and but trying to be, you know, for everyone, you know what I mean? Like that giving too much away. So yes, get your, go and have the test done because I think if you're informed about your hormone level and what's going on, that's power for you to understand and actually take care of yourself. Um, so radical self-care, radical self-care, whatever that looks like for you, um, make it non-negotiable, whether it's that remedial massage, having baths more, walk in nature, seeing a traditional medicine doctor, um, that's the key. Also so this is all, so basically wherever you are in your cycle, it will be influenced by stress levels. And absolutely. So yeah. something for all of us to really take away is yes, how important stress reduction is and that it can, it's not just those little things that might kind of break the camel's back or whatever that is but there's yeah. constant kind of levels that you might feel you're almost accustomed to you don't even realize how much stress yeah. is sort of causing through it, your veins yeah. all the time it, yeah yeah because it's your your norm it's you don't actually realize because you've been operating on that level of go 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 and the nervous system being wired that you don't actually you know it's those times when you go on a holiday and the days that we could go on a holiday, but where you have a week away from everything and you go, oh, I wish I could feel like this all the time. But also so, you get sick too, don't you? Sometimes when as soon as your body switches to yeah. rest, yeah. it's sort of like everything kind of overwhelms it because finally yeah. it's had to, it, ability to switch yeah. off all that. Yeah, basically that's your immune system. Go, finally, I'm allowed to shine. <laughs> Um, the other thing with blood tests might reveal is what supplements you might need. So it might show that you're deficient in vitamin B, you know, and of course, obviously working with your GP, it, it could be just that you have a really good women's blend vitamin you take, supplement you take. Um, yeah. So your doctor will inform you, I guess, what, what is deficient and what you need extra support, um, during this time as well for supplements. Okay. Um, the biggest a female support network. It's it's you know, as women, when we gather and we're together, we produce oxytocin, which is the feel good hormone, which is the the one that if you had a child, if you had babies and you breastfed, that's what you create. You create that hormone. So I think having you also get it having sex. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> you do or orgasms. <laughs> yeah, we do. 
And, but also the interesting thing about that though, is that women, we can produce that when we gather, but men can only produce it when they have sex. Mm. Yeah. We're anyway. so clever. <laughs> we really are. Yeah. We just, yeah. We just, we've got, we're all over it. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so really having that support network of friends, whether you're at the same age and you're having those experiences or women who are slightly older and have gone through it. And I think having, hearing, you know, it's empowering to hear other people's stories as well for them to talk of their experiences, but also for us to be heard and what we're going through. And yeah, having that network is really, really important. Um, I also feel like it's the balance that you don't get in our community, which is very masculine and, you know, the televisions and, everything is sort of subtly telling us when you get old, you're washed up and it's over. So, you know, you don't have that kind of positive, actually this is an opportunity and there's something really beautiful about this. And so the more women that you can be surrounded by who recognise that and appreciate and celebrate that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Shift something for you. Yeah. Um, I think also, and COVID's really shown this time, just to jump back to my list, um, Mm. is the importance of mental health. Um, And actually acknowledging and being aware of, okay, I don't feel good, and seeking help. And I think that's critical for anyone at any age, but particularly if you're going through perimenopause and you've got these symptoms. And there's times where you feel like you are going, I've heard stories of women saying, I feel like I'm going insane. I'm going insane with these symptoms. I'm not sleeping. I'm exhausted. I hate my body. You know, it's all that, what, what we are telling ourselves and maybe they're We're be... making it wrong too. So there's something yeah. wrong with me as opposed yeah. to maybe this is something that I'm going through. How can I nurture and support my body yeah. in this? Absolutely. So when you think of it as a female, menstruation is a natural, it's, it, it's very natural. It's what happens. So too is perimenopause, menopause. It's just another cycle of change. And I think if we can embrace it with self-love, um, empathy and compassion and, and say, how can I enter into these years with more grace rather than fighting it? It's like that thing of talking about using your menstrual cycle to support you and not fighting it. It's the same thing. It's like, okay, you, you're going to have a couple of, you know, rolling years perhaps <laughs> up and down. But then there's always going to be an end to that. And as I said before about rebirth, that, you know, menopause is your rebirth. So I think it's time to get excited that it's just another transition. And if we can view it in a different way, that just changes it as well. It's so beautiful. I really imploring people to listen to this as a celebration, as a a rebirth. What a beautiful kind of opportunity for us to kind of re reposition this rename it yeah absolutely so maybe they need there's you know a need for just as we're talking about um honoring the the first bleed maybe we need to change the lens and go hey let's have a what what ceremonies can we do to honor that transition whether it's a weekend away (laughs) (laughs) mission to go away or do something i know we're all dying to do that you know super (laughs) exciting for yourself (laughs) yeah so your point that you made about why we why there's a negative context and i really i think two reasons um so let uh, let's look at it as just as menstruation has 
has been for hundreds of years or, you know, whenever that point where it was seen as something dirty as opposed to just a natural part of our cycle. I guess perimenopause, menopause, they, they were taboo subjects. They weren't talked about. I think of my mum's generation wasn't talked about. You were just told, oh, she's going through the change. You know, watch out. Watch and there was it. almost a bit of shame, particularly if it was a bit early or, yeah. you know, embarrassment. Oh, my God, my body's not even going to let me have another child. Or there was, all, yeah. yeah, it's sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah not like, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. I'm so ready I for the next thing. Yeah, so I think it's it's that, you know, it was this taboo, hidden in the dark, don't talk about it, as opposed to seeing it as another form of a woman being empowered and embracing a, a natural, normal transition. And also, uh, perimenopause, menopause can be seen as a great burning. This burning, you know, the body is burning as well at times. Mm-hmm. So it's like, perhaps it's like that Kali goddess energy of anything that doesn't serve you, cutting it away and actually allowing the, those layers that no longer serve you or those things or feelings or no longer serving you and actually stepping into the new of what you want in your life. Kind of turning the heat up, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And really, I think it's that empowering thing when we reach, especially in our 40s, you know, during different times we think, oh, I, don't, I don't really know myself in my 20s or my 30s, but we're stepping into, I'm actually sick of the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be my authentic self and I'm going to shine. And I think that is that empowering energy of embracing these years that we're experiencing. You know, that kind of F you. Yeah, you know, just go no. And the power of no is so important because it sets our, our boundaries and it honours our, our energy. And it yep. allows a yes to something else, doesn't yep. it, that we may not have even considered before. Exactly, exactly. So I think the second one, so yes, taboo, the first, but also the obvious one, ageism. So, and that's linked to what does our fertility mean? Um, so we, we're no longer in the years of producing, a, you know, making a baby, but we're still central beings, you know, who says that it suddenly um, stops at the age of, you know, from your 40s onwards? Yeah, you know, it's all over. You, yeah. yeah, and you look at actresses. I think I sent you that link of that very funny um, uh, skit by uh, um, with Tina Frey and where they were looking at the, the, a woman's last fuckable day. You know? We'll have to share that one. <laughs> it's very funny. It's, very, you know, very funny of running. You know, in Hollywood, that scene, if you reach a certain age... Uh, you're not you, you're not playing the love interest. You're suddenly the actor's mother, or you're the witch. You know, so I think ageism and and that sort of what is um, consumable. You know, that look of the feminine body should look this way. Um, well, there's definitely um, we're encouraged with anti-aging creams and hair dye and. Yeah all sorts of lifts and collagens and everything to kind of preserve us as this fertile woman, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, just... And an awareness of it is not to say we can change it. It's there. It's going to persist for a long time. We're not going to be able to change this overnight. Sorry about the background, Mum. But what what is available is... um, 
an awareness and with that awareness you can make choices and notice and go I don't have to subscribe to that I can look mm-hmm. at it differently I mm-hmm. don't have to buy into that if I don't choose to yeah 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 so it's about smashing that idea that's out there of you know what it means as we age that we're still the same you know we're still who we are and perhaps we then step into our power more and that acceptance of who we are what brings us pleasure and joy i just had to say something (laughs) i've got two loitering teens and (laughs) preteens you don't really want to listen to me um i I do think we're yeah, I basically told my daughter, especially, I said, because um, I said, I'm doing this downstairs. And I said, we're talking hormones and parent. And she went, I'm not, I'm I'm not walking in. Perhaps I should have done that. Um, I'll say a few other words and I'll frighten them off. But um, I think we probably need, we could talk for hours on this yeah. topic and yeah. maybe there's another conversation to be had soon about it. But um, is there anything sort of last minute that we haven't really touched on that you're busting to share? Or um, I think in, in, in regards of the topic of you know, shining love and light, um, I think we just have to claim it. We just have to claim what is yours. Your hormones are your you know, fingerprints. They're a reflection of your journey in life, what your experiences are. And I think, above all, just be really kind to yourself during times of transition and love yourself and radical self-care equals self-love. And there's also maybe even extending it to those in your life, other women, and realise that they may be going through something, not being aware of it. If you can share, put a little plug in for this conversation, (laughs) if you can share this conversation with someone else who may not be aware of what's Mm -hmm. available by being, you know, understanding their own cycles, understanding that the opportunities that come from understanding your hormones, understanding why your body might be reacting the way it is, that it's telling you something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think women's circles, you know, what you, the work you do is really important because it brings awareness and it creates that um, really important network for women. Um, I think also do those things that bring you joy and pleasure, dance, get tune into your creativity, ha- follow that urge to return to the forest when you can and be the wild woman <laughs> because I think we have this... We want to, with the, you know, once the kids reach a certain age, we want to do that little, okay, I'm ready now to return. Um, yeah, so just embrace the rebirth. Embrace the rebirth of what um, perimenopause and menopause can bring for you. So beautiful. And I would love, thank you so much for sharing generously your experience and your knowledge. And if anyone would love to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? And yeah, what might be available if you're working? Yeah. So, my speciality is obviously um, yoga for women. Um, So, I was teaching before lockdown regular classes that are called Flow and Restore for women. Um, so at the moment, I'm just, I'm doing still yoga online with students that still wanted to keep up their practice. Um, so at that moment, that, that's just what's happening until things reopen again. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll send that, you know, link of my website and, and details, et cetera, too. And also the, the books. I've got so many wonderful books that I, have been my 
guides and mentors that other teachers, especially yoga teachers in this field, have um, informed me about, and they've really just opened up my curiosity and, and given me answers to questions because it all starts with a question. Um, so yes, so I'll, two I'll things. What's your website actually for okay. someone listening yep. who may not? Sure, sure. it's um, www.shamanicayoga.com.au. So, maybe spell out yeah, so S-H-A-M-A-N-A-K-A. It's a word I kind of, um, so it means a female shaman. Yeah, I kind of did a bit of a change on, on how the spelling of it. But yeah, a woman stepping into her own power. That's the kind of background of that. But, Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, so check out Barb's website. Um, if online yoga is something you'd like to explore, she might be able to include you. Um, but certainly keep an eye on what she's doing post COVID <laughs> lockdown restrictions, like what might open up. But yeah, certainly um, she's a wealth of knowledge and has an interest and a passion about this area. So whether that's something emerging for you or you're all over it, you know, there's, there's books and stuff. And I think this is another invitation because there is so much stuff out there in this kind of space of celebrating and honoring women's power and energy and wholesomeness and get into it ladies <laughs> and share it and um love you to you know rate and review and and keep this conversation going so whether you share this with someone you know who might be going through this or even your own children or wherever it might be helpful we'd love you to do that and thank you so much Barb I, I love talking about it obviously I can talk for hours about this topic <laughs> we'll do it again sometime <laughs> okay thanks thank for you having so me. much all right, all right bye. bye I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that we meet on and pay respects to their elders past present and future shine your light do shine your light shine your light do shine your light shine